Welcome to Law X.0, a Bloomberg Law podcast dedicated to seeing around corners and preparing you for the next version of the legal industry. Welcome to Law X.0. I'm Dory Goldstein. And I'm Meg McAvoy. We're legal analysts for Bloomberg Law. This is the third and final episode in our series on cryptocurrency. Today we'll be discussing the regulation of crypto by the states, specifically the New York Department of Financial Services. NYDFS started issuing bit licenses in 2015. Bit licenses allow fintech companies to offer digital assets while complying with consumer protection, cybersecurity, and anti-money laundering requirements. They were initially unpopular among the cryptocurrency and fintech community, but now bit licenses seem to be lending legitimacy to this budding industry. Here to talk to us about bit licenses and New York's approach to crypto regulation is the superintendent of New York's Department of Financial Services, Linda Lacewell. Lacewell, joining us from her office in New York, is responsible for overseeing the regulation of assets totaling more than $7.3 trillion. Welcome, Superintendent Lacewell. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be with you. Uh, So bit licenses have been around since 2015. Uh, Tell us more about why you think it's time to revisit the requirements. It's an industry that's changed a lot. It's changing rapidly. Bitcoin was the first product uh, that was being regulated. Since then, there are thousands of new types of uh, coins, altcoins, and other kinds of virtual currencies that have been created And the industry has a little bit of experience with our licensing regime. So this seems to be a good time to take another look, but it is a big priority within the department. Before we really get into the future of the bit license and how it's working right now, can you you just give us a little bit about what it is and what it allows uh, an entity to do? The bit license, in simple terms, if you're a business and you want to interact with New Yorkers, in the business of dealing in virtual currency, then you need a license from the New York Department of Financial Services, no matter where you're located, if you want to sell or do business with New Yorkers. And more specifically, that includes storing a virtual currency on behalf of customers. It includes participating in what the industry calls an exchange business, which is exchanging virtual currency for whether it's what they call fiat, which here would mean dollars or some other type of virtual currency, any other kind of transaction involving the issuance of virtual currency. What it does not include is if you accept a virtual currency for payment. You mentioned that companies need a bit license in order to transact with New Yorkers on cryptocurrencies. How far does a bit license get you? Do these only facilitate transactions within New York's borders? Or because you all are the home of the banking sector, are are these bit licenses actually having a, a much bigger impact on the economy? Well, that's a great question. Of course, New York is home to innovation, and many companies want to do business here. To me, what I would emphasize is that if you're trying to access the New York market involving New Yorkers, then wherever your company is located around the globe, you need to come to us for the license. Now, of course, a license from New York has a lot of credibility and validity around the country and around the world. And so I do think we have an impact on the national market and on the global market. What do you typically look for? What has the NYDFS been emphasizing in its reviews? 
Our first and fundamental inquiry is how is this going to affect consumers? So we want to make sure there's appropriate disclosure to consumers, that there are policies in place to deal with any complaints. Number two, the company needs to have minimum capital or money. Uh, heaven forbid, if things go south and the company is going to have problems, you want to make sure there's money set aside to pay investors and other consumers who are owed money by the entity. And then, of course, it is really fundamental to ensure that there are cybersecurity policies and procedures and controls in place. Cybersecurity is the biggest threat to government and industries around the world, and uh, virtual currency enterprises are no different. So how does NYDFS ensure that otherwise legitimate crypto products aren't being used by criminals? We need to make sure that the Bank Secrecy Act and other money laundering laws are followed, and therefore the virtual currency company needs to have an appropriate anti-money laundering compliance program, including verifying who its account holders are, reporting suspicious activities, as other financial entities do, and also making sure that they've got controls against market manipulation, fraud, and other kinds of unlawful activity. Um, There are also requirements for what's called transaction monitoring, which is making sure that you understand not only who your customers are, but what the transactions are that are at issue so that you can identify any red flags with respect to the transactions. And it's also notable that Uh, A company that has a license with us is subject to examination by us, which means we can send in our team to take a look and verify that things are going smoothly. And if things need to be brought a little bit more up to code, we can help the company to do that. So you, you make a strong case for why we need these regulations to protect consumers. But I know when the program first launched that fintech and crypto companies weren't exactly excited about them because there was this fear that it would stifle innovation. It seems like they're coming around lately and that they're touting the bit license as this regulatory stamp of approval. What do you think changed their minds? As this regulation moved forward, companies came to realize that if they received a license from us, that means that they have been vetted, that somebody took a close look, and that CFS was willing to say this company is okay to do business and interact with New York consumers. And in fact, more than one of these companies have come in to brief us on their future business plans, and they've shown us their marketing materials, and it's right in there, New York CFS license, because it's got value for them. Because the same phenomenon is happening in the fintech world. Fintech doesn't currently have its own specialized licensing regime. But there are at least some out in the industry in New York and globally who would like to see a set of guardrails around conduct by fintech, whether it's lending or payment systems, because they want to understand where to fit their business in. I was just in Europe meeting with European regulators. They're looking at all of the same issues. And one of them told me that they've actually been asked from time to time by fintech companies, would the regulator come into this space and put a framework out there so that the company knows uh, where the lines are and can do business in a responsible manner and be a trusted member of the financial community? And by the way, this also creates a level playing field 
so that anyone who's in that space is operating under the same rules. So it sounds like you think bit licenses are playing a role in sort of a legitimizing effect on this whole industry. The problems that have from time to time plagued certain virtual currency companies outside of New York, whether it's hacking or theft um, or companies that are falling apart or that are subject to money laundering or sanctions problems, dominate the headlines. And the counter story to that is that responsible regulation, reasonable regulation of virtual currency companies provides a safe place to innovate and to do business. And I think that this is good for the industry because without the counter story, where is the narrative and where is the way forward? So I want to talk about some of the reasons that bit licenses have been denied. Can you give us just what are the most common reasons for these denials? Unfortunately, we have found that if there isn't that tone of acceptance of the need to have a serious compliance program that has resources dedicated to it, that that's going to end up in failure of our requirements. It doesn't work if uh, an innovator or an entrepreneur puts together a company, makes a lot of money, just takes the money out of the company, and doesn't pay any attention to a dedicated compliance program, and it requires resources, and it does require some money. So it's our responsibility as the regulator to make sure that the company is responsible, that its management is responsible, and setting that tone of compliance from the top, and that will be evident in the resources that they commit. And again, this is no different than for any other financial services company because we're talking about money, we're frequently talking about other people's money, and we're talking about making sure that the U.S. financial system and the New York financial system is not abused and misused for illegal purposes such as money laundering, terrorist activities, or hiding other criminal activity. So as of today, uh, NYDFS has issued, I believe, 22 bit licenses, and 2019 has been the busiest year yet with eight issued so far. Uh, is, Is that what you all expected in terms of the pace? And do you think that these are poised to have a big impact on the economy? I think there was a natural ramp up period for companies to get to understand the regulatory system and to see others test that system and see if it was pragmatic and also how this would factor into their dealings with investors and counterparties and institutional counterparties. And I think as they learned that this was a constructive, practical system, we've received more applications. Now, I think it's also important, and I have stressed this since I came in in February, that we at DFS, Uh, abide by what they call speed to market, which is understanding that the business community, time is money. So we devoted more resources to the virtual currency applications so that we could move a number of these forward. NYDFS recently approved several stablecoin projects. Can we expect more stablecoins to be approved in the future? I think it's very important for DFS as the regulator of the virtual currency industry to keep pace with the innovations, even within that innovative industry. And so as stable coins become front and center and new derivations of virtual currency are put forward uh, from gold-backed to various 
foreign currency backed. This is yet another reason why we're looking again at our virtual currency regulations to see how is it interfacing with the changes in the marketplace. So I know NYDFS is engaged in a lawsuit uh, against the comptroller of the currency, the U.S. uh, OCC, to essentially they wanted to create a special purpose national banking license for fintech innovators. Uh, So what talk a little bit more about this unresolved line between state and federal authority. So to DFS. Uh, We understand that it's a dual banking system, which means the federal government regulates certain entities and the states typically regulate the rest. And it's worked very well throughout history for the states to regulate entities that are, in particular, non-banks, non-depository. And what the OCC was trying to do was to create a new federal licensing regime for these non-depositories that are traditionally regulated by the state system and to give them this new creature that they call the special purpose charter. And the federal judge in the lawsuit uh, that we took against the OCC ruled in our favor and said it is not within the power of the OCC to step in and attempt to regulate what are not banks. And there's a reason for that, by the way. And the reason is that the states are closer to the ground. The federal government, the federal regulators are good at many things, including managing risk, systemic risk in our financial systems, but they don't have the resources that are needed to devote to making sure that all players in the financial system are operating responsibly with respect to consumers. Is there any way that the federal government could come up with a regulatory structure that would supersede what NYDFS is doing right now? That would require congressional action. And I think, especially given our current system, that's highly unlikely (laughs) uh, either for Congress to act or to make this a priority given everything else that's going on and the gridlock that exists in that system. I also know other states are considering adopting bit-license-type regulatory schemes, most notably California. Uh, So for other states that want to do this, what advice would you have for them? We work very closely with other state regulators, including the state banking regulators, uh, both directly on a bilateral basis in groups and nationally through what's known as CSBS, which is the National State Banking Regulator Association, which has been very active in innovation uh, and in responsible emerging regulation of new industries. Um, In New York, what we have found is if you do the balance between nurturing and fostering innovation and making sure that it's been done in a responsible way, Striking that balance will get you to the right place every time. At the same time, as new companies start up and emerge and grow and mature, and the more that they're dealing with real people, investors, consumers, and yes, institutional counterparties as well that affect a lot of people, we need to make sure that the right controls are in place. Well, thank you so much, Superintendent Lacewell, for joining us. If our listeners want to follow you or follow more of NYDFS's initiatives, where can they find you? Thank you. We encourage everyone to follow us on Twitter at at NYDFS.
Thanks again for joining us. Thank you so much. That brings us to the end of our three-part series on crypto. So my biggest takeaway from this series was that I'm, I'm not afraid of crypto anymore. And it, <laughs> it feels a lot more relevant to me. I came into this really feeling like it was for criminals and, and more than just criminals, just people that did a lot bigger transactions than I do. But I think I've really learned that I could stand to benefit. And now I have a peek into the future of what regulation holds. Sure. And the um, and the possibility for all of these international transactions was was absolutely fascinating. Completely. Um, and I learning how much more mainstream crypto is becoming and all of these projects that are going on, including sort of the nation state interest in it, made yeah. me realize just what a big area this is going to continue to be for lawyers, for finance, banking, regulatory practices. And as we learned, uh, there's going to be a lot of regulatory advising that needs to happen because- And a lot uh, of agency coordination. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's just uh, the, the rules are not drawn yet. So very right. interesting. Um, a big thank you to Robert Kim and Tom Shen of Bloomberg Law, SEC Commissioner Hester Peirce, and NYDFS Superintendent Linda Lacewell. Join us next week when we talk to Eric Spangenberg, CEO of IPWE, about how artificial intelligence is optimizing patent searching and transactions. You've been listening to Law X.0 from Bloomberg Law. For more Bloomberg Law analysis, visit news.bloomberglaw.com slash Bloomberg hyphen law hyphen analysis. You can also follow us on Twitter. I'm at Dory underscore Goldstein. That's D-O-R-I underscore G-O-L-D-S-T-E-I-N. And I'm at Meg McAvoy, M-E-G-M-C-E-V-O-Y. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Cases and Controversies is all about the Supreme Court. One of the oh, come on. Words. You know, come on. Well, I agree Be with Be serious. You. We sit down with leading practitioners and scholars to break down these cases. I mean, I'm glad you brought that up so I didn't have to. But, uh... <laughs> oh, I interesting, know that. Right? That is See? interesting. I guess my imagination is running wild. <laughs> Tune in every week for our deep dive and sneak peek episodes wherever you get your podcasts. As always, check out the latest at news.bloomberglaw.com. Ha, 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 ha.